Welcome to another edition of Canton Bound, the NFL half of our Campus to Canton podcast here. As always, I'm Colin. Hi. And that's Austin, bringing the energy and the excitement tonight, clearly. Uh, Any particular reason you're excited here? There's college football on, there's NFL football on. um, So what's not to like? There's lots of football on. I'm watching football as I'm recording this. So you get, you usually get like 30% of my attention and tonight that gets cut in half. So you get 15%, not a great number. Um, I honestly, I I thought I was closer to the 15 range the first time anyway. So this is nothing new to me. Oh, I'm glad that I could exceed your expectations. Is that technically exceeding my expectations? You expected only 15% and I'm giving you 30 that's a good point. That's a good I'm point. giving it all, coach. I'm giving it all. <laughs> giving a whole 30%. Oof. We really left it out there on the field. It's more than I give most people, so you're welcome. I'll take that. I'll take that. Um, well, I thought maybe you were excited because you said you were going to the uh, Steelers game, right? That is true, too. I am. I will be there. Nice. Yes. nice. Yes. Big game. Awesome. All Goals. right. So, you know, hopefully a, a W. Yeah. Should be. Should be. It'll be really demoralizing if we walk out of there with a, with a loss. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the Falcons get the Giants this week, so I'm ready to be extremely disappointed because we'll probably lose. In like a really embarrassing fashion. Like not like yeah. a blowout, but like you guys do something stupid mm-hmm. like with four minutes left in the fourth quarter. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. 100% ready for it. Typical. Um, all right, well, we'll just get right into it here. But as always, this podcast is part of the Fantasy Points Media Group, along with a ton of other great pods, including the True North Fantasy Podcast, the Play to Win Podcast, Dynasty Happy Hour, Injury Prone Podcast with Dr. Edwin Porras, Dynasty Vipers, The Smoke Show, and the Fantasy Points Podcast. You can follow them on Twitter at Fantasy Points Live or check out the Friday drops that recap the week in the Fantasy Points Media Group. But we start off with some exciting news here. Um, exciting for some, you know, um, sorry, Andy Dalton, but Justin Fields is going to start this week. Andy Dalton's even excited about it. He was he was hyped on the sideline last week. And you see that clip? <laughs> I did. And cheering Justin on. Yeah. So yeah, he's, he's a good a great, sport. He's a great cheerleader. hey there's a career after football's over yeah that's true i mean he's the type of guy too that's going to stick around on rosters for a while oh my god (laughs) yes uh but yeah justin field's gonna start this week um how are we feeling about fields um okay I, i don't feel like overwhelmingly great about him in the short term i think you know long term i still feel really really good uh, he did not look great last week, but that whole offense, I mean, the, the line's not great. Um, so, I mean, there, there's some other issues there. Um, but I think you have to start him this week, right? Just in case, like, I, it would be it, a 50-yard rush touchdown or something, like, set you know, sets the day, and he doesn't really have to do much else. Yeah, yeah. In most situations, you're going to be starting him. Um, there's one where I have Brady and Herbert, and so obviously I'll be starting them. But, um, yeah, in most situations, you're starting Justin Fields this week. Like, this is why you got him. You know, you hoped he took the job early, sooner rather than later. Uh, you know, it happened to, with an injury to Andy Dalton, unfortunately. But he's getting, he's getting the start. And like you said, he one 50-yard touchdown run can 
just make his day and, and he could be, you know, the QB one this week off of something like that. Yeah, Cleveland's defense hasn't been very good this year. We expected them to be a pretty solid unit, and granted, they played Kansas City week one, um, so I so can't blame them too much for that one. But then they didn't—they didn't look great last week against Houston either. I mean, Houston was was moving the ball pretty well before Tyrod went down. Uh, so, I, like, I I think that the matchup's a little softer than you would think uh, right off. You know, just looking uh, at, at the schedule point blank. Uh, I actually have uh, a prediction for him later, so I will holster that. Uh, for the time being, um, Thank but you, yes, Slinger. he is starting. So, yeah, um, big news that week. So, you know, good to see him. Like I said, good to see him starting sooner rather than later. Um, somebody who's on the other side of that injury luck, uh, Tua Tagovailoa, is out this week with bruised ribs. Um, that is definitely unfortunate. Uh, I mean, because the bruised ribs is the type of thing where you don't really know how long somebody's going to be out from that. From everything you hear the experts on Twitter saying, uh, that's more of like a pain tolerance thing. So it's kind of hard to judge how long he'll be out for that. Um, But in the meantime, we get some Jacoby Brissett. Sweet. (laughs) (laughs) That Tua thing was weird. So I, I was not watching that game. And honestly, I actually... I didn't watch as much NFL football as I usually do this week. I, I worked most of the weekend and just it, it was distracting. So Charlton. Um, I know, I know I'm, I'm a total fake. Um, <laughs> I will always admit if I did not watch a game, <laughs> I won't just make something up. Uh, I got the alert on my phone that the two was down and he was like carted off the field or whatever. And I was like, Oh my God, like he, this dude's like not going to be able to walk by the time he's 26 or whatever. To come to find out it's just bruised ribs like it was a, a huge sigh of relief and i know i would just be laying there like a little baby if i had bruised ribs i would just shocked that they like carted him and they made like such like they really made it sound like he had just died on the field <laughs> and, and that was not the case i wish some of these sites and i realize what they're they they are they need to do for people to visit and such um but rep, reputable sites that that were you know to a carted off the field you know what that sounds like yeah mm-hmm. you know what that sounds like when you post it so i'm glad that it wasn't anything terrible um it does make you start to wonder is to uh you know a, a fabergé egg out there behind an offensive line that is woefully underperformed this year um and, and that should be a concern for him and you know i think it's a concern for burrow too who also did not have a great week um so um moving forward uh brissette doesn't make me feel good um how does it make you feel about the wide receivers there i mean is that like you know waddle fuller um uh, uh what's the guy went to louisville Devontae parker, parker. um like I I, you remember he went to louisville but you couldn't remember his name we're a college football thing, Colin. What do you expect <laughs> me to remember? Um, um, I like I wouldn't feel comfortable starting any of those guys with Brissett until until I see something there. No, probably not. But at the same time, you could do a lot worse as backup quarterbacks than Jacoby Brissett. Like Jacoby Brissett's fine, whereas the guy we'll talk about in the next segment, you know, that's a much bigger question mark there. But I would not feel comfortable starting them, but there's situations where there's a couple leagues where I have Jalen Waddle and it's in a rebuild. I don't have a lot of other options, so I'm going to be rolling Jalen Waddle out there. I uh, don't feel great about it, but like I said, it could be a lot worse. I guess. I don't know. Is uh, is Josh Rosen on that roster? 
No, he's on the Falcons, baby. Oh, okay. I was gonna say, dude, I thought, I thought for some QB reason, of the future. Um, that I was like, oh, your your Josh Rose senses are tingling. <laughs> oh, he's nope. gonna be close to a. He's gonna touch the field again. Um, he's he's gonna he's, he might get there for the Falcons. Oh, yeah, Matt go, Ryan uh, might might die at some yeah. point this year. Um, that, that yeah, if we go like good. zero and six, we'll just trade him. Who Rosen? We'll start Rosen. No, Matt we'll start Matt. Ryan. Trade Matt Ryan. We'll start Rosen. Don't you guys it. get like a huge cap hit problem? Yeah, maybe. It's so crazy that man. It's already week two, and the the if Justin Fields has a huge week, I don't know what Atlanta Talk Sports Radio is like. But if it's half as bad as like Philly or like <laughs> like, they are gonna be absolutely destroying that front office on there, and rightfully so. Yeah, I agree. But um, with back to Tua, no, are you not back to Tua? No, I don't care. I'm just going to ask you what you thought about his uh, about his future here moving forward. Is he somebody that, you know, we're still high on or I mean, because he hasn't looked great to start the year here and now he's out with another injury. Uh, for what it's worth, his value has not really ever rebounded for me. Uh, I, I was not as optimistic as I think some people were coming into the into this year. Uh, were you pretty optimistic? I mean, I saw people I did a couple of drafts this year where people. I think I I was at the two three turn in a draft with really smart people. Like I'm probably not that this is saying that much. One of the dumber people in this league. Uh, when so it that's, comes to is that every football. league, or you just, it doesn't narrow it down much. In our home league, I've won the championship twice, and you've never won it. So what what does that say about you, Colin? Um, Rude. I went thirteen. I don't even want to hear. It. I went thirteen and zero one year, and then lost in the championship. Anyway. Somebody traded up. I, I traded out of the two three turn one of the picks, and they traded up and took Tua. Hmm. And it was like somebody whose opinion I actually value on things. Uh, and <laughs> I had a couple other drafts where he went fairly early. I mean, I, this offseason, like I would have rather drafted Matt Stafford than Tua. And Stafford went a lot later. I would have rather drafted Tannehill went after him, but I think that you know Tannehill went a little bit before Stafford. Um, you know, that level of guy, I would have like gladly taken ahead of two. I think all you were taking there was, uh, the age and the optimistic view that maybe it was the injury holding him back and not something else. Like, you know, just maybe he's not an NFL quarterback. I'm not making a judgment on that either way, but you know, that that's your hope, right? Because the value was not good. No, that's you were spending biggest. a third round pick on this dude, and you could get you could get Derek Carr or Kirk Cousins or something like in the sixth or seventh round or whatever, and that's just felt better to me. Than yeah, Tua. that's that's the biggest thing. That's the reason that I did not end up with much Tua at all. Um, I had him ranked, I believe, like right around my QB 12, uh, 11, 12. I got to go back and look where I have him now for dynasty. I don't uh, think it was close to the hat. It was right around there. Um, but I did not end up with him because I just wasn't taking quarterbacks in the range where he was going. So I only have him in like one place, but I'm still optimistic. I do still think that, you know, he's what we saw at Alabama is closer to what he can, what he will be than what we saw his rookie year coming off a gruesome injury where his confidence is a little shaken. 
who would you rather have this is a really fun question i think this this question will probably come up on this podcast multiple other times this year depending on how some of these young qbs uh look this year in a vacuum i'm not saying whether your team's a, a, uh you know a, a mm-hmm. competing this year they're rebuilding but in I a, know vacuum, what a vacuum means do you I would do. you rather have two attack of aloha or tom brady Tua, because you get one more year of Brady. I mean, we're assuming. We don't know how long Brady's playing. How long have we said that? (laughs) It's got to be right one of these years. Yeah, give me telling myself. Give me Tua. Okay. I think that's going to be a fun measuring stick Hmm. uh, as the year goes on for some of these guys. Um, I'm not so sure I wouldn't rather have Tom Brady. Would you rather have Sam Darnold or Tua? Tua. I mean, I'm assuming you still have him relatively highly ranked. So I guess this is probably a, <laughs> a little bit of a futile exercise. Derek Carr has had a nice start to the year. Would you rather have Tua over Derek Carr? Yeah. Okay. What? Where? I'm going to pull up your rankings. I'm looking at mine. I probably have him at like 11, 12. Maybe I dropped him a spot or two. Tua or Deshaun Watson? Ooh, that one's tough. Oh man! Ask is my ask a... ask Miami about how tough yeah. that decision is. Apparently, oh, man, I don't. Uh, man, I like Watson, but I don't know what's going on. Give me Watson. Okay. There's a lot of risk there, but the ceiling is really high. Okay, that's my last one. I just, okay. Th- I thought I'd throw that out there. That's Fair enough. Just a fun conversation to have. Yeah. Uh, at what point? At what point in the year would you bail and say that you would rather have Tom Brady? Even I if two, like you know, if Tua plays basically whatever his like line has been this year so far, mm-hmm. he does it all year. No, there's the, the line does not go up. At what point do you just say fuck it and train him for Tom Brady? I mean, in this hypothetical league, in this hypothetical league, the only the only way I'm trading for Tom Brady is if I'm going to try to win a championship this year. In a vacuum, I will take Tua. I will take the extra years you have of Tua. Okay. But what's the, uh, time, what's the time stamp on when we started this conversation so I can <laughs> re- reference it again later? <laughs> well, we're at 1430 right now. Perfect. Um, all right. So Tyrod Taylor is been, has been put on IR. It's officially Davis Mills season here. Um, a guy that I liked a little bit more than consensus, liked a little bit more than you. Um he gets a chance to start here. Uh, show us what he can do. It was first off. Oh, uh, first off, it was not difficult to like him more than me. Um, <laughs> he was one of my lowest rated quarterbacks. I had a, a undraftable grade on him. Um, he actually like he hasn't looked lost. Uh, I mean, this game's on right now. I'm watching it. Right. right. Uh, he hasn't looked lost. He's just not the kind of player that you would ever want starting for more than a few games on your team. No, I don't think it's Davis Mills season. It does seem like he likes Brandon cooks. Uh, so this probably doesn't hurt Brandon cooks as much as maybe you would think it would, but I don't know. Is there anybody else even on that offense that we wanted anyway? I mean, people kind of like Nico Collins, but I don't, I think it would have been a stretch to assume that he does much of anything this year. Um, they have a bazillion tight ends. (laughs) 
none that I feel like overwhelmingly great about for fantasy purposes. Uh, yeah, a billion running backs again. No guys that I feel overwhelmingly positive about for for that. So I, I mean, I I don't think it hurts anybody's stock because there was very little stock there to begin with, but it probably also doesn't elevate anybody either. Yeah, um, I, you're, there's nobody really that you want there. So you know, I mean, even Cooks is kind of meh. Um, on that offense, uh, I liked Philip Lindsay, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen. So yeah, pretty, pretty out on everybody there. But you know, if you, if you have Davis Mills, like I would absolutely be looking to sell, yep. uh, for whatever you can get. Cause I don't think he's the, the thing is though, what is anybody realistically going to spend there? Like if I, a was relying on Tyrod Taylor to be my starting quarterback for this year. And I thought my team was going to do anything. Like at this point, I'm not going, oh no, like I have to plug that QB hole with, with Davis Mills or else I'm in trouble. Like I know people say that that phrase all the time, and I'm not making fun of you specifically here, Colin, but like, yes, you are. What are you really trading him for? You, you spent probably a third on him, maybe a super late second if you were, you know, didn't have a third and just wanted to get him, but. There's, well, I mean, there's, there's very little appreciation of value there because he's not good. Yeah, like, I, I, I don't mean, know. he's a starting quarterback, but I think you could probably get a second for him right now. If you took him for a third, then you just flipped him for some profit. But at the same time, I think, I don't know, I think Davis Mills is the type of guy who could be a Chase Daniel-esque quarterback where he just bounces around the league for a while and gets some starts here and there and bridges another guy. So he may be relevant again down the line. Who knows? Do you play in any leagues realistically? Not like that big 96 team or whatever that we do because there's idiots in there. <laughs> um, realistically, in any of the leagues you play with where like the people are moderately intelligent, do you think you could squeeze a second out of somebody? Because um, that, that's my – like I just depends. don't know anybody that would actually spend a second on him. It depends. I think it would depend on the team – you know, the, the team makeup – if it's if somebody's looking at a late second and they need a quarterback to plug that hole, I could see it being possible. But um, I, I don't. I wouldn't certainly pay a second for him. So, you know, we're assuming other people are as intelligent as as we are. You know, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Sorry <laughs> for the pause. Like a good thing? Is that a bad thing? I honestly no. don't know. No, I was I was I was kidding, but. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, but you might you might be able to find somebody. Like you like you talked about last week, you know, who are these people who are trading these players for after one bad game or whatever and they're panic selling, you know. People are on the other side of that buying the the rises at the same time. So, you know, I don't know. I haven't I haven't really been in any leagues like that, but there are definitely leagues like that out there. ESPN's gotten really sneaky or whoever, I guess it's the NFL network um they i don't did they have like those windows on the blue tent last year oh i don't know they were just zoomed in <laughs> and looking in the tent <laughs> i feel like that's moderately HIPAA. unethical that's um, a hippo but let's let's move on to the next thing um uh, moving on here we got jerry jones who says that the committee uses the dreaded committee word of Zeke and Pollard is a great asset. Do we see them as a true committee here? Does committee... 
I guess two backs can be a committee. So that was my first question. <laughs> is how many people are, does it like, is the definition for a committee? Yeah. <laughs> I'm always looking too. to win on a technicality. Um, <laughs> That's a lawyer in you. Yes. Cause what, what's considered a bell cow? 70% of touches. Is that what like the, like the random line has kind of been drawn as, as a running back. I don't, I don't think Zeke got 70% of the touches last week. And I would have a hard time imagining him getting 70 again. Now, if you're at, you know, 65%, does that classify you as committee? I, I don't know, but I, I don't, maybe if the question was, you know, is Zeke still the bell cow there? I think the answer is no. Is it a committee? I think a committee implies a pretty hefty market share there in terms of touches for Pollard. I'm not trying to be nitpicky on the question. I'm just <laughs> trying to nail this down. I, 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 no, it's not a committee. I think Zeke will still get the bulk of the, t- the touches. But I, Pollard is certainly a guy where if I was really in a bind, I wouldn't feel awful starting him depending on who the opponent was. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I think this is... I think Pollard has earned himself a little bit more, you know, uh, more touches going forward because he's having a better year than Zeke to this point. Um, so I think this is closer to a committee than what you do. I, again, it's it's going to go down to what we de- technically consider a committee. So, you know, maybe poor question by me for not defining committee beforehand, but I don't have the answer to that. Um, I, yeah, I'm going to say this is this is more or less a committee. Obviously, it's like 65% of the touches for Zeke. It's maybe even 60 on sometimes. I think it would he would have to drop below 60 for me to consider it like a true committee. I, I don't know. Because then I think committee implies like 1A, 1B. You know, mm-hmm. and I th- like a 65-35 split does not really imply that to me. Um, I, but I, I, I think I'm being picky at this point. Um, regardless of the question, I think... I don't know. What would you trade Pollard for? Like, what's his value? A second? An early second? Yeah, I would need an early second. To and I think to, that's, to move him. I think you actually probably could move him for that value. Mm-hmm. I think you could too. Um, yeah, I would, I would need an early second to be honest with you. And I would need it to not be Debbie depleted or anything like that. You know, I would need it to be a true early second to be able to move him because he, I think his contract is up at the end of this year. Since we are the campus to Canton pod and you had to trade him for a college assets, what, what range would you be looking at? Corey Kiner? No, I would need more than that. Okay. I'm not that high on Kiner, though, to be honest. Um, hmm. What range of player would I need for Pollard? Um, Jalen Tolbert? Is that too expensive? Um, I would probably take Tolbert for him. Um, I think it depends on what my college team looks like. I typically try to win on the college side and Tolbert is a guy who can help me do that for sure. And has some NFL potential as well. I'm not quite at his NFL potential that you are. You you're a little bit higher on that than I am right now. Um, just cause I, I haven't watched him in depth truly. Like I don't watch a lot of South Alabama. I, I just, I don't, um, what are you doing on Saturdays, bro? <laughs> Watching other games, better games. Um, but yeah, I could I could do Tolbert for for him. Okay, I mean, I I just was curious. I I think we we talk about picks sometimes, but you know, uh, being the C two C pod, I think put players to it. Yep. 
Yep. Yeah. Um, if you're looking for a 2022 class, I mean, we're talking early second round value. So at that point, you're probably looking Wandale Robinson. <laughs> I was just going to say, you know, like a Wandale. You're looking at uh, Jahan Dotson, probably in that range. Eric Gray yeah. will probably go in that range by the end of the year, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if he can turn it around. But um, so, yeah, one of those players, maybe. Okay. Cool. Um, next bit of news here Jarvis Landry lands on IR, but Odell Beckham should play barring any setbacks according to jordan schultz from espn uh we're subbing out one wide receiver bringing in the other one but the real question is you know do we care that much do we want to start either of those guys i mean i was starting jarvis landry and scott fishbowl this year and doing quite well with it um you threw one week yeah, he looked fine the first week. I drafted him to get me 11 points or whatever in like a week. He's been doing great. So Until he I did put every- up one catch for nine yards last he, week. He did everything hard. I've asked. I still kicked, kicked butt last week. Travis Kelsey, first-round draft pick. It's the that most obvious nice selection in the history of selections ever. Um, I don't know what to expect from Odell Beckham. I, I really don't know what to expect. I don't know. Because part of his issue was usage there, his first year or two there in, in Cleveland. They just weren't necessarily using him correctly. With Landry out and the other guys they have there, you know, you have Anthony Schwartz, who they really use, you know, trying to work him deep. They've got use Donovan the Schwartz. <laughs> Great reference. <laughs> um, <laughs> Donovan Peoples-Jones, again, like a bigger guy that kind of works more downfield. Like they might actually use Odell more in, in the short and intermediate areas, and I think that would be a good thing for his fantasy value. I think, you know, I play in a lot of leagues now, and I think fantasy in general is kind of shifting toward more of these leagues where you, it's like start one wide receiver, start one running back, and then like six flex. And that, like in leagues like that where you can just start a ton of guys, and especially in leagues where you start a bunch of guys and just the nature of fantasy scoring nowadays with at least 0.5 PPR scoring, wide receivers generally seem to have more upside to play in those flex spots. I think if I was in that kind of a league, I would feel okay playing him unless, I mean, unless I just have like a loaded team. I, I mean, how many better options are there really once you get down to the, that, that last starting guy? I don't think a lot of us always have a, a better option than that. Yeah, that's definitely fair. Um, I mean, I, you know, you may not have a better option. I don't know how comfortable I would be starting him just yet. I would probably need to see it first because like you said, they just haven't used him right. And I think that Landry being out could be a bigger boon for Austin Hooper than any of the other receivers. Um, I, I think that he's probably stands to benefit from this. Uh, I, or do I don't they know just, how they're going to use Beckham. I said, do they just go run heavy? I mean, they have the backs to do it. They do. Um, they definitely do. They, they might. I, I, I don't know. I, I yeah, I, um, that whole offense this year is because ba- Baker, I think has taken a little bit of a step. He looks, you know, like a starting NFL running or yeah, running back, starting NFL quarterback. Looks better than Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers Hashtag Matt Bruning. Rodgers was really good last week. No, I was kidding. I, I was kidding. Um, 
I don't know. I don't know. I, Sorry. I didn't mean to I, throw you I hate words. I hate the Browns. I'm that's yeah. fair. You threw you threw off my groove. I feel like it's the Emperor's new groove. Well, I'll let you like, get your groove you back threw, here. I threw off his groove. That little old guy. <laughs> That's I'll you right you... now. <laughs> well, I will let you get your groove back, Kuzco. Uh, Big Ben has a pec injury. Um, should be starting, but he was quoted as saying that the uh, Steelers need better be ready to be adjustable. How are we supposed to take that? How much weaker is his arm going to be? <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I think I've made it very clear how I feel about Big Ben at this point. I really was, I, I felt like the Steelers basically should have forced him to retire this offseason. I think they did a, they they mucked up their whole offseason. Um, it doesn't make me feel great. I don't know what else to say besides that. Um, Does this impact any of the wide receivers there for you? I mean, I think Claypool gets impacted the most just because he's the guy that kind of works deep at this point, but they're also creative with getting him some other touches. Like he, he'll he take sweeps and he gets a lot of looks in the red zone and stuff that kind of boosts him, his floor back up at least a little bit. Um, so no, and they're still going to like, they don't, they have not ran the ball effectively at all this year. And I don't see that changing anytime soon. Um, not that like, Najee was just a total waste of a first round draft pick. And I don't think he's like a terrible player or anything, but he's just not like a super create for yourself guy. And that line isn't going to create anything for him. It's just, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> well, I think you just summed it up there with those, that last line, those last couple, couple words. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that if it helps anybody, it's probably Juju just cause he's kind of, tends to be his safety blanket. Um, so it, it probably help. I wouldn't say helps him, but it doesn't hurt him as much as some of the other guys. Like you say Claypool definitely gets a little bit of a little bit of a knock there, but um, I mean, the offense as a whole, has just been a little bit disappointing so far. Were you expecting that offense to be good this year? I was expecting the fan, the receivers to be at least be fantasy relevant. And, and I mean, they kind of have been, but yeah, John Johnson has been pretty solid. Um, They've all had their moments. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. Um, well, I think that's going to do it here for the news. Um, not really any other big news this week. Uh, although CMC did just um, get out, but he's out for the rest of the game with a hamstring now. So that is something to keep an eye on. Uh, but the week in review this past week, uh, Austin, who is one player who impressed you or stock up? And it's in all caps on the show sheet, so I'm expecting a lot of energy here. I don't believe in victory lapping two weeks into a season, especially in a, you know, we are the, again, we are the Campus to Canton podcast, and we're looking at more than than two games to define anything here for us. Um, that there's a two in our name. But damn, did I tell you guys that Rondell Moore was going to be awesome or what? I freaking told you guys. <laughs> told you. Oh. <laughs> Four for 68 or four. Yeah. Four catches, 68 yards week one, seven for 114 and one week two. He's doing literally exactly the same exact thing he did in college. That his usage is pretty darn impressive. Uh, he's getting targets. Um, and he, he's only like, he's only played 34 snaps, I believe. Uh, you have to think that that's going to keep increasing, uh, which is how dynamic he is. 
And Cliff Kingsbury is the kind of guy that's going to get the ball in his hands. I mean, I know he scored on a broken play, but he had that super heads up play uh, just before halftime to get them a field goal where he, he kind of caught the ball um, and, and did the Rondale thing and picked up like an extra 12 yards that didn't look like they were there at all, snuck out of bounds. They were able to line up kick a field goal. And that, I mean, made the difference at the end of the game. They they won by less than a field goal because you know, Minnesota missed. But um, <laughs> so, I, I mean, I think that staff has to love him right now. I have to feel that he's kind of the kind of guy, too, that it, it meshes really well with Kyler. You know, if he's if he's in trouble and he has to chuck it deep, he'll go to Hopkins. If he's in trouble and he just needs to dump it, it's going to go to Rondale. I think that's going to be a lot of his production over the next couple of years. I tried to try telling you guys, try telling you. <laughs> yeah uh no i was i was not as high on rondale as you were but i did like rondale so this is not totally surprising to me either um i think his usage is only going to continue to grow i think he's the perfect wide receiver for that offense the perfect complement to hopkins uh i i think he's gonna have an, an extremely impressive year this year so uh, I, I'm in my in my work league. Um, it's a redraft league. I took him at the very end of the draft, and I had two or three people who are like, "Who is that guy?" I'll be like, "You'll see, you'll see." So, <laughs> um, so it pays to be early on people. But my player that impressed, same offense. Uh, that's Kyler Murray, and it's more just that he has impressed so far this year as a whole. Uh, QB one on the year. Uh, QB won by 11 points ahead of the next closest guy in Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. He's averaging five, more than five points more than either of those two on a per game basis. Um, he's off to a torrid start here. He's got 689 yards, seven touchdowns, three interceptions through the air through two games, uh, 51 yards rushing, two touchdowns on the ground. Uh, so he's getting a little bit of production there as well. And he's looking like he could be the QB two for dynasty now behind Pat Mahomes. Um, you know, I, he was a guy that I was, I always had right there. Um, I don't have my rankings pulled up in front of me here, but I'm almost positive. He was in my top three, pretty much all off season. So, uh, it's kind of what we were expecting a little bit, but it's nice to be confirmed. Yeah. I drafted him over Josh Allen twice this off season. I felt pretty good about it. Um, I will say like, He's the kind of like he this might be his Josh Allen season. This might be the year where you just sell him at the end of the year because the hype can't get any higher. You know, because I think people that that didn't do that with Josh Allen, I mean, he's not going to like regress to QB 17 or anything, but I think people are going to be slightly disappointed in yeah. what Josh Allen does this year. And I could see something similar happening uh, to Kyler Murray moving forward. Um, so just something to think about, even though I do really like Kyler as well. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think it's about managing expectations because we my saw, middle name. <laughs> uh, we saw it happen with Lamar two years ago. Uh, it, he was not going to repeat that performance. You know, he had a, a solid year last year. I think he was Q, a QB 10 on the year, QB somewhere right around there. He was a QB one, um, you know, so he was fine, but we saw a pretty big dip in his value this off season um, going heading into this year. And I think they're probably going to see the same thing with Josh Allen, where he's not going to repeat that year from last year. He's probably going to finish 
you know, right around that QB eight to 10 range at the end of the year, I think like similar to what Lamar did after his big year. And like you said, people are going to be disappointed, but at the same time, you very, very few quarterbacks finish in the top five, like every single year. You know, if you get a quarterback who finishes as a top, as a QB one every single year, that's worth something. So, you know, is it a little bit disappointing that he's not the QB two? Yeah, a little bit, but he's still very productive for you. He still puts up big weeks. He can still win you weeks. So I think it's about managing the expectations we put on whoever that QB2 is. I mean, that's what makes Mahomes so attractive, right? Like he's he has to be absurdly efficient to be the QB1 on any given year. And granted, it's definitely possible. We've seen him do it before. So, um, you know, it's not like we're projecting something that's never happened. But I mean, that's why we like Mahomes so much. And I think that's why, like, I, I think instead of Kyler being my QB2 or Josh Allen or, or Lamar Jackson or some of these guys that I think have a little more variance, I'm I'm happy to have Dak Prescott as my QB2 or pre probably going to prison to Sean Watson. Like, the, <laughs> these are guys that I yeah. liked as my QB2 just because, you know, they might never actually end up being the QB1, but the odds of them being lower than like QB6 are a lot less than it feels like like a guy like Kyler Murray or a guy like Josh Allen or somebody like that. Um, so that's just why I always feel a little more comfortable with those guys uh, long-term uh, than maybe um, a, a Josh Allen. Yeah, no, I t- and I totally agree with you. And the, the thing with guys like pre-prison Desh- or pre-scandal Deshaun Watson, he's not in prison yet, um, pre-alleged scandal uh, Deshaun Watson, We'll have to have a, our lawyers review this to, to man. Sure anytime you guys slanders. start, you guys start throwing the word allegedly out, like <laughs> not sarcastically, is not not a great time for anybody. Um, um, so, but pre-scandal, uh, Deshaun Watson and Dak are a little bit older than those other guys, but it's not anything significant. And you know, looking anything beyond like a two to three year window is is a little bit folly you know, you can't really fault people for valuing the younger quarterbacks, but with an age difference of like three years with the quarterbacks there, that's pretty negligible, honestly. Like they're all young enough that they are going to give you QB one type numbers for the next five years or more. And, you know, first of all, how many leagues last that long? You know, a lot of leagues tend to fold, but even if they do, you're going to have to rebuild at some point after five years. I mean, unless, you know, you're building a juggernaut, then, you know, the five years of QB one production is about really what you're, what you're looking for. Speaking of that, it's actually really interesting that you bring this up. I know we're totally off topic at this point. Um, Our home league is the second dynasty league I ever entered um, a year after my first, I believe it kicked off in 2016 was our first year. Does that sound correct? Colin, I was looking Zeke's first year. I, I was actually looking through it today. I don't know oh, why. Um, just poking through how long every player had been on my roster to talk about large windows. And for, for to give reference, I won the championship the first two years. We get it. We get it. We've heard this before. The oldest player on my team, the only, I have two players on my team that were around pre-2019. Hunter Henry, who I took in our first ever rookie draft in the second round, and then Patrick Mahomes, who I took in 2017 as a rookie. That's it. 
if you are really playing in a league that's going to be around for a while and you like are actually an active manager, your whole roster will churn. I, and I've traded away Devon in that time, Devonte Adams, Le'Veon, Le'Veon Bell, Michael Thomas, um, Joe Mixon, you know, Joe Mixon. Like I've I've had you know very good players on my team, and now I'm sure like I have Mahomes and Russ Wilson are my quarterbacks. I'm sure in the next two or three years, honestly. I'll probably have dealt one of those guys. Like it's just that's the life cycle. So I think looking past anything longer than three or four years is is um, is folly to quote Colin. <laughs> you were impressed by that one. I was. That's your word of the day calendar again, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Um, all right. So we we spent a lot of time on that discussion here. We'll move into the next one. Who's a player who disappointed you this year, this week, or stock down so far to this year? Man, Allen Robinson has been very disappointing so far this year. And I think that we all, I think we know, like, I, I don't think, like, we know that he's generally quarterback proof. I mean, when you talk about him and his best quarterback he's ever had is either Andy Dalton for two games this year <laughs> or that one year where he had Blaine Gabbert and it was really good. That's the best, right? I mean, he played in college with Hackenberg. Yeah, and he's had beyond that one year of good Gabbard. He's had lots of bad Gabbard. He had Trubisky. I mean, he had Nick Foles. Like he he has not had good quarterback play um, uh, through through any of his time in, since high school. I don't know what his high school quarterback <laughs> was like. Maybe he was the best. Um, this year, you know, he had eleven targets in Week One. That's really encouraging. Six catches, thirty-five yards, low A dot, just. Not great. And then last last week, four targets, two catches. He had a touchdown, which sort of moderately salvaged that day if you started him. But until you see how Justin Fields does with him, like I'm not even sure I, I feel comfortable starting Allen Robinson anymore. I just don't. And that I didn't think I did not imagine myself saying that before the season kicked off. This has been probably the biggest disappointment to me outside of any injuries in all of, of the NFL this year. Him and to be the like the Titans passing offense as a whole has not been very strong either. Um, th those have probably been my two biggest disappointments so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you hit the Titans offense last week. Um, yeah, so yeah, I mean, it's only two games though. So I am still starting Allen Robinson on a week to week basis. One, you probably don't have any better, or you probably don't have much better options, but two, uh, I think he's, I think he's going to be fine. Um, you know, I, I think that Justin Fields probably, hopefully, should rely on him, should look to him and lean on him. Um, and Justin Fields should be the best quarterback he's ever played with. So I think it's looking up for him. We shall see. We shall see. I would, I hope so. Um, but well, my guy, great. my guy who has disappointed so far is a guy that I do think is uh, is looking up as well. I think better days are ahead for him. Uh, but that is Justin Herbert. Uh, he has not really looked, I shouldn't say not really looked good, but he has, he struggled a little bit here. Uh, he's a QB 23 right now. And if you drafted him, you drafted him to be way better than the QB 23. Uh, week one threw for 337 yards, one touchdown, one pick, uh, negative one yards rushing, also had a fumble. Um, week two, 338 yards, a touchdown, two picks, 12 yards rushing. So two turnovers in both games, uh, over 330 yards passing though. Um, and the rushing hasn't been there either. 
you know, last year he threw for 4,336 yards, 31 touchdowns, 10 picks, 234 yards rushing, five touchdowns on the ground. So I, while it has not, it's been a little rough so far to start the year, um, I think better days are ahead for Herbert. Uh, I think the rushing production will, will hopefully tick back up a little bit. You know, hopefully he can knock the turnovers down a little bit and then he'll be just fine. That's the thing. I don't know that his rushing production from last year was very sustainable, which is why I was always a little hesitant on him. You're, you're, and I'm not saying he can't do this, but you're, you're hoping that he becomes Dak Deshaun. The, I mean, and Deshaun and Dak have been moderately mobile throughout their careers, but they're not giving you the rushing upside that the Kyler or Lamar or, or some of these guys are, or Josh Allen. Um, I, I don't think that's necessarily his game. Um, so he's going to need, I think, another year or two to, to really reach that tier. Um, but be patient, people. Be patient. Yeah, I think another big thing, too, is that, you know, when you throw for, when you throw as many times as he has so far this year, when you throw him for the amount of yardage that he has, and he's gone over 330 yards both times, you expect more than one touchdown in each game, too. Um, so I think the touchdown variance will bounce back a little bit, too there in, in a positive way for for the passing touchdowns but in terms of rushing production i don't think 200 yards rushing 234 yards rushing is is outside of his range of outcomes five touchdowns might be a little high but um he's fairly mobile i, I think 230 some yards rushing is reasonable yeah i think it was the touchdowns last year that that i, I found less sustainable but yeah um, but like I said, I think better days are going to be ahead for Justin Herbert. Uh, but who is one big surprise for you from last week? I'd find it hard to believe that there were better days ahead for Derek Carr, but he has been my biggest surprise of the year here so far. Uh, the Raiders as a whole have looked a little better as a, as a team than I thought they would. Now I get that. I, so this is, I actually would have said if, if Pittsburgh had lost week one, like I thought they were going to, and then they'd lost last week, I would have said, okay, like the Raiders, you know, maybe they're just beating up on some teams because the Ravens are just the injury bugs there. And, and Pittsburgh, I think, is. I don't know yet, um, but I mean, the, the Raiders look good and cars look good against Baltimore. He passed for 435 yards, two touchdowns. I know that game went to overtime, but still last week against the Steelers defense, who really didn't let Josh Allen do much the week before that. Now, I, now granted, they were missing. Are still missing Stefan too, but they missed Devin Bush and Joe Hayden this week. But uh, they, you know, 382 yards against the Steelers' offense is really nothing. Their defense is really nothing to sneeze at. I was really impressed with how he's played. He's spreading the ball around. Um, he just looks good. He looks better than I think I can really remember, like at any stretch in his career. Be interesting to see if he keeps this up, or if it's just kind of a you know a, 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 a strong streak for him to start the year off. I think it's a little bit of a strong streak to start the year off, but I um, mean, we talked about it, you know, in the off season, like he was pretty undervalued. You know, I think you can expect like pretty solid QB two numbers week in and week out from Derek Carr. Um, so it's, it is definitely a little bit surprising that he's been as good as he has been so far. He's the QB nine on the year. Um, he's averaging 24.6 fantasy points a game. Um, which I think that's a little bit high, but you know, I think that he's, he's a guy that you're going to be comfortable starting every week. Uh, my guy who has, uh, who is surprised so far here is uh, a guy that we have poo-pooed 
and that is Daniel Jones. Uh, Daniel Jones is the QB four or five, sorry, QB five overall uh, in, in fantasy right now, 25.4 fantasy points per game. Uh, he's thrown for 516 yards, passing two touchdowns, no picks, uh, 122 yards rushing and two touchdowns on the ground. Uh, I think the lack of turnovers has been a kind of a surprising. That's definitely helping his numbers here. Um, but he gets Atlanta's defense this week, and Atlanta's defense is very, very quarterback friendly, very friendly in general. So I don't think he's going to let up this week. So you got one more week of Daniel Jones before I think he crashes back down to earth. I didn't think he was bad this week, but I, I don't know if I wouldn't have put him as a pleasant surprise either. I don't know. I think is your, bar, is, your, is your bar set so low for him that... <laughs> doesn't say pleasant surprise it says a big surprise and i think him being the qb5 overall is a bit of a surprise to me okay and i think that like i said i don't think that's going to drop it wouldn't surprise me if he jumps what lamar jackson is uh lamar jackson's more than a uh, no lamar jackson's only two fantasy points ahead of him on the year um he may jump lamar jackson this week what point system are you using? Point per stupid throw? <laughs> I am using fantasy pros. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think he's going to come crashing back down. Then. The turnovers the, the turnovers will rear their ugly head again, I think. But um, looking ahead to this coming week here, uh, what is one under the radar start of the week here for you? And just a reminder for everybody outside the top 12, did not change it on the sheet, but hopefully you didn't cheat this week. Outside the top 12 at QB or tight end and 24 at wide receiver or uh, running back, according to Fantasy Pros rankings for the week. Rude. Um, I would never cheat. I chose Jalen Rieger. Uh, Fantasy Pros has him as the wide receiver 56 in terms of projected points this week. Um, there's not really that scientific, but I think he's a little bit due for one. I don't think Dallas's passing defense is very good. They've given up a decent amount of yardage. Uh, and I believe that he is he second on the team in targets or third. I can't remember, but I mean, I, I think they're going to need to pass a decent amount in this game. If, if Diggs is on Smith, which is what I suspect they'll do. If I had to guess, um, then I think that he can get like six catches, 75 yards and a touchdown. It would really not be a shocking performance to me. Uh, and I'm not even that high on Jalen Rieger, but that just seems like something that's within his own possibilities. And he's behind some guys here. Like he's behind Will Fuller with Brissett there. I wouldn't start him. Same with Parker. Uh, he's behind LaVisca Chenault, Darnell Mooney, Henry Ruggs. Like these are just Tim Patrick. I'd start him over any of those guys. Um, so yeah, it's him. Thanks. I like that call. Um, and you didn't cheat at all. You went pretty far down the board there. Yeah. Look at me go. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think that he could have a really nice week this week as well. Like you were saying, I mean, Dallas has been very, uh, very friendly um, for for offenses because they, they've you know kind of been shootouts. But like even last last week, I mean, they only won what twenty to seventeen or something like that. Mm-hmm. They still gave up a decent amount of pass yards. And her look up what Herbert's stats were last week. He threw for three hundred and thirty eight yards. He just threw the one touchdown and two picks. Um, but I mean. You'd have to figure he'd be pretty happy. I mean, I don't think Jalen Hurts will throw for 338 yards. No. Um, but, yeah, I, they're susceptible. They they really are. Um, yeah, but my um, 
underrated start of the week here is a guy who has been very impressive so far early in the year, and that is Sterling Shepard. Uh, he, when I put this down last night, uh, he was wide receiver 34. Looks like he has risen a couple spots since then. He's now wide receiver 28. Um, so I'm toeing the line a little bit. Uh, but don't cheat, Austin. Don't cheat as I pick this guy that's right on the line. He's not <laughs> right on the line. Um, but he's the wide receiver 11 on the year. Uh, he has nine targets to the first game, 11 targets in the second game. Um, like I said Daniel Jones has been a surprise. Sterling Shepard has also been a surprise. Uh, and he gets the Falcons this week, who, like I said, they're very soft, uh, soft defense. Uh, so I think he could have a huge day this this week. I think he could end up as a wide receiver one. Yeah, why not? Who else is going to, I mean, who else is going to catch passes there? Yeah. Gall- Galladay? Uh, yeah, well, it sounds like Galladay may not even play. Yeah. So, um, all right, well, let's go to the prediction here. Um, and... I put on the show sheet, go any way you want with this, and you certainly did. So have at it. Take it away. Uh, Justin Fields, we talked about him earlier. I said I was going to holster my take. Uh, I think that he passes for under 200 yards this week. I think he has a really underwhelming pass performance. I think really, again, you're just hoping that he gets some decent rushing production to bail him out. Um so I uh, yeah, uh, Fields passes for under 200 yards. I think the Bears' offense continues to struggle. I don't. I really don't think that offense is very good at all. Uh, a bunch of underwhelming weapons there, and so um, yeah, I think Cleveland wins that game. Yeah, I think Cleveland will win that game too. Uh, under 200 yards passing. Um, I'll take the over on that prop. What's his? Uh, what's what's he? What does he add on? Um, on price price picks. Picks. yeah i don't know i actually so he, i need to get more into doing the nfl stuff on prize picks i really only play the college stuff and i'll link it with something else if like i have a, a parlay that i just need something else thrown in on um if well, you want to talk here while i while i look it up go for i was it. gonna say we can do prize picks nfl in pa can't we it can will we not need to deposit in any money at all so oh really i see i haven't even i didn't even try because i know we're in pa and I know we can't do the college stuff, um, but yeah, that uh, that that's that surprises me. I don't know why we wouldn't be able to to do the NFL stuff. I'm trying to look up his fields. I wonder if he doesn't have a prop because he was added so late. I don't see him on here actually. Mm, that could be. Oh yeah, two hundred fifteen point five is what they have meant. So I wasn't that far off, actually. Okay, two fifteen point five. I I would take the over on that. I feel I feel com- I feel comfortable with that. Oh, it's uh, gonna Allen Robinson gonna have a good day then? Is yeah, yeah. I think yeah. Allen Robinson could have a decent day um, off of that as well. Um, but man, I don't know. Maybe he spreads the ball around a little bit there. But um, yeah, I'll take the over on those passing yards. Do it. You won't. Um, so my prediction here for the week is we get a big George Kittle day. We haven't seen one in a while. He's storing it up. He can do it. I think that it's I, I think it's due. I think he is, I think he's overdue for a huge day here. He's gonna remind everybody how good he is. 
and he gets the Packers. I think that game is going to be a bit of a shootout, um, you know, with the way the off Packers offense looked a little bit better last week. Um, maybe not a shootout shootout, but I think it's going to be, you know, decently high scoring probably in the, you know, mid twenties to 30 range. Um, I think there'll be some solid offense there. And I think that they're going to need to to use Kittle there because all these running backs are banged up. So I think we get a big Kittle game this this week. I don't have any Kittle, so I don't feel strongly about that either way. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I do actually have a decent amount of Kittle because I feel like he was a value this year too. Um, I mean, he was pretty comfortably going as the tight end three, but you know, I think people are just forgetting how good he can be when he's healthy. I, I took Kyle Pitts over him twice. I don't regret it. And I don't even love Kyle Pitts. Yeah. I don't know. I'm a crazy person. You're wild. You're a madman. Um, all right. <laughs> moving into the class of 2022. Um, highlighting a, a notable performance here from a player for the class of 2022 because we are campus to Canton. Always looking ahead here. Uh, so what's uh, who are you looking at here for the class of 2022 this week? 2022 freshman, right? Yes. Yes. Sorry. Uh, no, just kidding. Uh, Jonathan Mingo is the guy that I want to highlight this week. Last week, I talked about Wandale Robinson. I called Jonathan Mingo a sit last week. I wanted to see t- him string together two big performances. I'm now back on the train. I'm ready to be heard again. Uh, <laughs> Jonathan Mingo is a true junior. Well, I don't know what they li- have him listed as, but he's a third year wide receiver. At, yeah, he's listed as junior at Ole Miss. Um, 6'2", 225. He's big. I think he's... I liked him a lot. He flashes a freshman. He had a really nice touchdown catch against Bama. And I said, you know, I think this guy, I don't, I don't necessarily know that he's AJ Brown, but I think he's, he plays similarly. He's that big guy. I think he's, he's versatile. He can line up outside. He can probably line up in the slot if you need him to. And then he just really disappointed last year. Didn't really do that much. I, I, so I was, you know, a little down on him. Week one didn't do much against Louisville, but week two against Austin P went seven ninety nine and two. Then last week against Tulane, six for 136 and one. And I actually went back this week to watch all of Matt Corral from this season just to kind of get a, a, a sampling of if he's really different this year or not. Spoiler alert, he is, but also he really isn't. He still makes a <laughs> lot of really stupid decisions. Um, but Mingo looked good in what I was watching. He's, you know, six, there's that six, three, 225 or whatever. You can't. You can't teach that size, the athletic ability that he's had. He has decent hands. Um, I think that he can work his way into some discussions in terms of, you know, maybe being a second round uh, like rookie if he were to come out next year. Um, and I, you know, I still have some high hopes for him. So Jonathan Mingo's a guy I'm highlighting a little bit of a post hype sleeper, so to speak. Interesting. I like that. I mean, yeah, he was, he was definitely getting some buzz this offseason too. People kind of thought he was going to step in, take the, uh, Elijah Moore role. He was definitely the favorite for that. Uh, and then, you know, like you said, disappointed a bit in week one, and it seemed like people kind of hopped off that. And Dontario Drummond um, has kind of been the guy who took the Elijah Moore role. But that doesn't mean that Jonathan Mingo can't also be productive. Uh, so I like that call. Um, my guy for the class of 2022 here is a guy that I was I liked a lot uh, early, and he's disappointed here, and it's Jaden Daniels. Um, he the passing volume is it's fairly low but even when he has been passing the ball it hasn't really looked that good 
29 pass attempts against UNLV and BYU, the back-to-back weeks this week. Um, but only 175 yards against BY or against UNLV, 265 against BYU. But um, he's thrown. He hasn't taken care of the ball like we've used to, like we're used to seeing three picks. Um, so for a guy who's that conservative when throwing the ball, um, you know he's he hasn't been taking care of it. You know he doesn't push the ball downfield. It seems like he's kind of afraid to at times, and it just he has not taken the step forward as a passer like we thought he would. Uh, this class is begging for a QB to to step up and to really take the reins here. You know, we thought it was going to be a two man race and we were like, who's going to be QB three. Now we're like, I don't even know who QB one is going to be. And it doesn't look like Jaden Daniels is in either of those conversations anymore. Yeah. He's really dropped for me. Um, him and, you know, Slovis and, and that whole 22 class, to be honest, yeah. uh, just not looking great right now. Yeah. Um, I mean, Howell has rebounded. So, we maybe have somebody there. Matt Corral has looked impressive a little bit, like you touched on there early in the season. So we may have a QB two there. Rattler will probably turn it around somewhere too. So those will probably be the three guys you get at the top, but I don't feel great about any of them. Nope. Me neither. Uh, all right. Well, I think that is going to do it for us here tonight. Um, be on the lookout here for uh, us coming to you on Saturday. Um, tune in in the morning. Uh, live on our YouTube is for the tailgate. Uh, first hour, we're talking, you know, just some start sits. We're talking some game previews, um, you know, just some some CFF type stuff. Second hour, we're talking a lot of uh, DFS, a lot of betting, some injury news as well. And then Saturday night after the game, um, after the West Virginia Oklahoma game, I believe we're going to be coming to you for coast to coast to recap everything, talk about some guys to add on waivers for your C2C league. You look like you wanted to say something. I never want to say anything. That's fair enough. Um, yeah, so we got two great shows for you coming on Saturday. They will be live. Don't forget to tune into those. Uh, definitely tune into the C2C family of podcasts as well. We got the Debbie Debate Sands Austin this week. Matt and Felix kind of went at it a little bit. Uh, it was we got- my anniversary. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I sat out. Oh. Well, happy anniversary of what, four years? Three years. Three years. Three years. I wouldn't know. I wasn't at the wedding. Yes, correct. For good reason. (laughs) Um, Well, happy anniversary. Everybody wish Austin a happy anniversary on Twitter. Um, Also tune in Why Wait Till Sunday. Uh, We got Fantasy Roundtable as well and the new 3 and Out pod. Uh, Also be on the lookout for our early week show, Campus Life, coming to you on Mondays. But that's going to do it for us here tonight. I'm Colin. Bye. Bye.